August 2nd, which means we are very much in the dead period of the NBA schedule, but apparently nobody told that to the Wizards, who made a couple of hires, this actually more than a couple of hires this week, brought in some assistant coaches, brought in a VP of uh, pro personnel. I'm Fred Katz. I'm the host of Wizards After Dark. I cover the Wizards for The Athletic. Uh, and we, we made our own, I think, very big addition this week as well. We brought in... Uh, Formerly of the Bucks, director of basketball research. Really, he's just a nerd who does numbers stuff. Seth Partnow, who I've got on the line with me right now. How's it going, Fred? Uh, and and how dare you call me a nerd? A geek? Is geek better than nerd? Probably not. Well then, <laughs> well then, I'm just gonna go with geek and nerd. And that okay, a, a geek nerd, a nerd geek. A geek nerd, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like geek is better than nerd. I feel like I feel like geeks embrace geek. Like you got like the geek squad. It's not the nerd squad. The nerd squad would sound demeaning, you know. Well, isn't isn't that uh, the the company he works for in Chuck? Wasn't it the nerd herd? Only nerds yeah. watch Chuck. So. Well, do nerds? Are, never mind. Yes. Well, I'll, I'll own it. That's fine. <laughs> um, Seth and I. Seth came in at the perfect time. Because Seth and I, uh, was this your first not, I, I don't count the why I joined the athletic piece as an actual piece that you write. I feel like it's just like a thing. So so was this morning's piece that we uh, co-authored together, was that your first your first actual, like, real basketball piece you've done for the athletic? Uh, it was, in fact. Uh, we, were, we were easing in, and then all of a sudden, uh, news broke, and we had to fix it. Um, there you go. Well, welcome to the news side. Seth, Seth for those who don't know... And I don't know why you would, unless you probably know us personally. Uh, Seth, Seth, and I did once work together. We were uh, we were at we blogged at Clipper Blog together before we were really doing this full time for our profession. We were at Clipper Blog at ESPN Troop Network, which I maintain has the greatest alums of any team centered fan blog in the history of team centered fan blogs, like for sure. We've got killer alums from that site. So many good people with, like, Kevin Arnovitz topping the list. Uh, and Seth and me all the way at the bottom. But we put together a uh, a piece that I, I thought was super interesting. Um, obviously, Seth's background is in analytics and his expertise is in analytics. And the Wizards, I think the biggest name who they hired uh, is Dean Oliver, who they're going to be bringing in as an assistant coach. You can go – you can check out that piece that we wrote – on the athletic, kind of dissecting the hire. The interesting part, at least to us, is not necessarily that they bring in Dean Oliver, who's extremely well respected, who's a huge name in the uh, in in the you know advanced statistics and analytics world, who's worked for the Nuggets, who's consulted with the Lakers, who's consulted with the Sonics, who has worked for the Kings. Uh, it was at ESPN, which is why a lot of people might know his name because he was doing public stuff for ESPN. Uh, but the fact that he's going to be a coach, right? Like I, that's fascinating. I mean that's his his title is assistant coach and that's certainly a uh in basketball that's that's I don't want to say it's unprecedented but it's it is pretty close to um in in the piece I think we we kind of made a comparison to uh Bill James getting uh, getting hired to coach first base and it's it's not that if only because there's no one else in the in the field that has kind of the the towering impact across sports that that Bill James does but i mean he i mean basketball on paper is essentially the foundational text of basketball analytics and and that's and Dean Oliver is the author of that and and that guy is now a a bench coach for an NBA team yeah 
it's super interesting. So the way the way that I gathered they want to use him, and I've got quotes in there from Scott Brooks uh, in this story, which you can. I don't want to give everything away because we got a paywall, and we're going to have people go through the paywall and read this stuff. But we're obviously going to talk about uh, the general idea of this piece, and I spoke to Scott Brooks for it, uh, and and Scott seemed genuinely excited about bringing him in. And one of the things that he said to me is that Dean Oliver is going to have quote equity in how the Wizards play. And he's going to start off with kind of big picture stuff and all that. And he, he might even move to some in-game strategy. But it sounds like, to me, the number one thing that they want him for is his ability to communicate the numbers. There are a lot of people, and Seth, you know this, there are a lot of people who are smart enough and have the education to be able to come up with intelligent numbers and manipulate them and use technology to their advantage and find that stuff. But so much of that job, just like in any job, is communication. And a lot of times there's a riff between the front office and the players, or even sometimes the front office and the coaches, or even sometimes the coaches who enjoy the analytics part and the players. And if you have somebody who can go in there, just slam his resume on the table, and who has the people skills to be able to communicate that sort of information to both coaches, to players, to be a liaison from the front office, all that kind of stuff... And while Dean Oliver is an assistant coach, he's going to be an assistant coach who is going to be specializing on the analytics side. That communication part, I think, is vastly important, right? Uh, I mean, I think it's it is the most important part. Um, it's something that that I used to say, uh, you know, when I was w- with the Bucks, is it doesn't matter what I know; it matters what we know. And if it doesn't it doesn't matter if you have the the best statistical understanding of the game possible if you can't communicate that to the people who are actually doing the basketball. It doesn't really matter. Um, and and so that's why you know, you know the resume is only important insofar as it, it has bought him, uh, as as uh, you have Scott Brooks quoted as saying, bought him this equity, as he is someone you will listen to because I said so, because of this resume. And then it's it's the communication skills to basically uh, uh, translate, um, you know, statistical understandings into, into basketball terminology, into basketball concepts. And by the way, this is not any different than, than any other area of, of – of kind of specialized basketball, specialized knowledge in running a, a basketball or a sports team. I mean, uh, you know, a scout has to be able to, to translate what they see into um, intelligible, you know, an intelligible projection. Uh, the, the the sports science and medical staff has to be able to to speak, you know, more or less lay English to to have a have a coaching staff or a front office or a player understand the risk factors and understand. Um, you know the impact of or or, or the uh, the implications of a of an injury or the amount of fatigue or load that a player is under so the, i mean as the, as the sport has gotten more complex and more specialized in these various areas this kind of communication um is vital to actually getting any value from these these deeper these, these more deeply specialized skill sets yeah, it's fascinating. I, I'm also so curious to, curious to see. Now, now, Scott Brooks, with his words, and you can tell very obviously from this piece, you can't hear his tone because that's not how reading works, but you can decipher his tone from the words that he is using. Scott Brooks was very clearly excited about this. There is no other way to read the quotes from him. 
uh, I know Tommy Shepard has had a relationship with Dean Oliver for a long time. Now, this, I, I did not get the sense this was like, this is Scott Brooks's hire. Scott Brooks is pushing for this. See, Scott told me that he and Tommy had been having conversations for a little while about adding someone in that role, and then it ended up being Dean Oliver. And when they found out it could be Dean Oliver, they were like, oh, yes, absolutely, go get Dean Oliver to do this. But it seems like more of a of a Tommy Shepard role based on the way Tommy Shepard speaks and the way Tommy Shepard uh, thinks about the game. And that's fine. That's totally fine because Scott Brooks seems very excited about it. One thing that I'm really curious about to see when it comes down to, all right, the season is starting. It's real basketball now. Scott Brooks says he wants to use him. He very well might. Uh, he very, I mean – We'll find out. We're not going to know till we see it, but I am just curious to know how Scott Brooks is going to use him. I'm curious to know how much equity he's going to have because, look, I don't think Scott Brooks is anti-analytics by any degree. He he wanted – it's not like he's a guy who wants mid-range. He was, he was both privately and publicly pushing guys like no more mid-range, three-pointers, all that. He thinks Beal should be – you know, reducing his mid-range shots drastically. Brad is another guy who I wonder how it's going to work on a personal level. I'm sure it'll go great because Beal, for the most part, gets along with everybody. But on an intellectual one, Beal is somebody who openly is not a huge fan of analytics to the point that I made it a running joke with him last year when we were in small scrums to, like, ask him super nerdy analytics questions just to see how he would react to them. And, like... I wonder how he's going to, and I wonder how Brooks is. Like, Brooks Brooks last year would, uh, on a couple of occasions, totally jokingly, but would jokingly call me a millennial when I asked him, like, very analytics-y stuff. And I, it's just him. Part of that is, like, Scott Brooks just being typical Scott Brooks and wanting to make people laugh because he's a very funny person, and that's kind of how he... That's how he will answer questions when he doesn't want to give basketball answers. But another part of it is, like, it just yeah. makes me wonder what his learning curve is going to be and how much he's embracing right off the bat versus down the line and all those sorts of things. And I'm not saying he won't. I'm just saying I'm very curious to find out how the process is going to work. Um, I think that's, again, where the communication comes in. The more it's it becomes, look, this is just basketball, um, the easier it is. Um, and and for uh, kind of people who aren't coming at the game from a from a stats first and analytics first perspective, make giving the same sort of lesson, the same uh, advice uh, in in quote basketball language as opposed to in stat language is you know you you uh, it, it, you know a little bit of sugar helps the medicine go down kind of thing. Um, so I think that's where um, it, it's. That's the again the communication element of what what Dean can bring, given that he has you know he has has experience in other areas of basketball than just like a pure numbers. I mean, for you know the field didn't totally exist before basketball on paper, so he kind of had to invent it. So he knew how he knew about basketball first. And I, I don't want to say he invented it, but he certainly helped popularize it. Um, so he knew how to talk about basketball before this was really a thing. So, and if you've ever spoken with Dean, you know he knows about basketball, and hopefully, from the Wizards' perspective, he will be able to uh, use that kind of broader range to to communicate these things in 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 more familiar terminology. Um, and then the, the second part of that is, and this is going to be a challenge, I think, for for you and other people covering the Wizards all year, is 
um, one of the one of those tricky questions that you get all the time is, all right, so what was a what was an analytics driven decision you guys made? And you know, for the most part, there may be things that are huge. Uh, you know, um, you know, th- there are certain situations where the foul or not, take a three or not, uh, up that up three down three kind of with 10 seconds left kind of stuff which is almost a, a pure math question but other than that it's a lot of it is just subtle shading and there's all kinds of things that that kind of go into those decisions and then on top of that how well the players execute on kind of the concepts you put in place so um maybe it, it, it's a it's a it's a pre-cop out or trying to give a mulligan in advance but it's going to be hard to know just by seeing, I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe the, the, the team shot profile will, and individual players' shot profiles will change markedly from last year towards a, a more, you know, quote unquote analytics friendly uh, mix. But it's more likely that the changes are going to be subtle, and you know, given that the the, the roster is going to look a little different than it did last year, um, the, the, there's so many moving parts that ascribing any change to quote analytics uh is um is going to be tough i mean people will will still try to do so i mean i think you know people who want to who who are anti-analytics will you know if the wizards start off rough is like oh let's see bring the numbers in and look what happens uh well, um but that's you know the the that that subset of people is going to find a way to say that no matter what happens um so i I guess tampering, tamping down expectations that you'll really definitely, definitively be able to pick out, um, the, the impact, um, is, is, that's, that's tough. It's, it's, it's one of, you know, 10 different things that, that Scott Brooks is going to consider as he's making decisions. What was, what was your official title with the Bucks again? Uh, director of basketball research. Okay. So different different guys who are in charge of the analytics side have different titles. So let's just say that like let's say that all the people who run analytics, regardless of the official title, they're just numbers guy. All right. How many numbers guys in the league have relationships, like direct relationships? I don't even know if you can answer this, but have have direct relationships with coaches beyond parachuting in every X amount of days and being like, hey, you're doing this. Why don't you try this? That's a, I mean, it's tough to answer definitively. I would say the majority uh, to some level have regular interaction with with coaching staffs. Um, what that entails, that varies team to team. Uh, we, we talk about it in the piece. There's probably a quarter to a third of the league um, traveled regularly with with uh, with uh, direct analytics support with the travel party. Um, there's uh, uh, um, at least one assistant coach in the league last year, Eric Corey in uh, um, Toronto, wa- actually was a, 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 a full-time analytics staffer before he moved to a, to a bench coach role two, two seasons ago in Toronto. So there is some there is precedent for this sort of a, a, a liaison between uh, the, the the quote numbers guys and and the coaching staff. This is um, uh, this is certainly the most high profile um, um, you know amalgamation of both of both things and uh, and and putting you know the, the highest level of of you know analytics knowledge on the bench that that you know I'm certainly aware of in 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 the recent NBA. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I am so intrigued to see how it affects Bradley Beal. Because Bradley Beal is intellectually curious. 
and he enjoys the X's nose of the game. And you look at him play, and he, he takes a step back mid-range shots. Uh, he's obviously a very good mid-range shooter, but you don't need him taking five mid-range shots a game. There's some games where he's going to take eight. You don't need him necessarily doing that, regardless of how many he makes over the long haul, even with him. It's not as efficient of a shot as him taking a three, because he's still very good from three. Scott Brooks pushed him to take more threes last year. He still feels uncomfortable taking eight, nine threes a game. He took about seven last year, and he even talked about every once in a while how that was a little uncomfortable for him. And obviously, analytics goes beyond. I think it's, and I guess I'm doing it right now, but analytics goes beyond taking threes and shots at the rim versus taking mid-range shots. There's so many other things about it. There's technology you can implement to improve your team. I mean, one thing that I wonder is, like, they brought in a sports scientist in Daniel Medina. They have Dean Oliver. They're, you know, they promoted, uh, you know, their their VP of analytics and cap management. Uh, Brett Greenberg is now Tommy Shepard's number two. He's the assistant GM. They're relying on Joe Sill, who's a consultant, Bob Bellotti, who's a consultant. They promoted another analytics guy in Ben Eidelberg. Like I, they're obviously putting more of an emphasis on analytics, and that was a goal of Ted Leonsis's before this whole GM search started. Uh, but like, that's not just shooting. It's also, for example, Bradley Beal played 37 minutes a game last year, and you can have technology that can tell you, you know, catapult technology that guys wear in practices, monitors their bodies, and gives you a better idea of how tired they are beyond the guys saying like, "Oh, I'm gassed," or you saying, "He looks exhausted out there," and things like that. That's analytics. That's injury analytics. They have a sports scientist. They have more analytics people. They have people who think numerically and those might be different people with different jobs in different specific areas of expertise but they think similarly and when Bradley Beal is leading the league in minutes on a 50 loss team uh that's something that might change it right like those that's that sort of numbers that sort of technology if you're relying on it more if you have people who want to rely on it more those sorts of things can change too it's not just like threes and mid-range shots and that's just one example i'm sure there are a million things that i can't even think of off the top of my head you know sure no that's but that that's again that's a a uh that, that's one of those areas where it becomes pretty complicated because you know uh okay you say we're losing x number of games this year we're not really a playoff team it may be behoove us to to not win the extra game or two so maybe we want to play you know, we want to play Bradley Beal fewer minutes. Okay, well, first of all, that's a conversation between, you know, between Tommy Shepard and, and Scott Brooks because that's going to cost, you know, Scott Brooks games and no coach wants to lose games. And, you know, that, that ultimately on, on some level, their job security depends on their record and and you're kind of asking him to, to put that at stake. And so you need to work that out. But then also there's the aspect of, of you know, if if he's playing 31 minutes instead of 37 minutes a game, is he putting up the top line numbers needed to be an all star? Um, is, the, is there kind of like social media uh, blowback on his lack of production with the Wizards needing him so much? Um, and then there's there's also I mean you, yes you can monitor all these things, but then operationalizing it, um, sports science uh, is all this number all these data is being collected. Uh, it's really hard to 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 actually assess risk factors uh, in in some parts because it's just hard. 
because the mechanism for injury and, and how fatigue plays into that and and whether, you know, there's certain kinds of injuries that are sort of, you know, stuff happens, you land on somebody's foot, stuff happens, injuries versus uh, injuries that are more overuse, like a, like a strained muscle and then everything in between. Um, you know, and, and so that, that in and of itself is not perfectly understood or really close to, but then on top of that, uh, there's, um, you know, the, the, yes, they're collecting practice, practice data, but are they, are they, you know, what about other factors, diet, sleep, anything else, uh, like the effects of travel, um, illness, um, and then like you can't, these wearables are not, are, you're not allowed to wear them in game. So that's a whole big chunk of like the, the athletic load that he's taking that yes, you can measure that via tracking data, but it's not, you're not getting all the same info and you can, you can do some statistical t- technique to estimate that. But now you're just adding additional layers of, I don't know, into that calculation. So again, you know, Bradley Beal, whether he misses games for load management, plays fewer minutes, plays shorter stints, whatever those are, like, those decisions are not just the result of, of a sports scientist saying, no, it's, it's a conversation between multiple stakeholders of which the scientific, the, 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 the data and the scientific analysis is only one part. This whole thing is going to be interesting because it's very clear the Wizards have changed the way they think. A lot of these people who are on the analytics side were around last year. You know, Brett Greenberg was around last year. But he wasn't necessarily empowered like he is now. There's a big difference between being your VP of analytics and cap management and being the assistant general manager. There's a very large difference in terms of the power that you are given in those situations, right? And, um, you know, they talk about how they want a collaborative environment, and I think they do, and I think this is all, you know, indicative of that. Uh, But they want to empower the analytics people, and I think that's coming from from Leonsis, I think you know the, he's talked a lot about the uh, internal audit that he did with Mike Ford, who was the search firm consultant, who was not just necessarily looking for candidates, but also performing an internal audit of the organization. How are we allocating resources? How are we misallocating resources? How are we using these people? Are we misusing these people? Do we need to hire people here? Do we need to create this department? And so far, they have actually changed that, right? They are creating – they created a position for Johnny Rogers, who they just officially announced they hired uh, earlier this afternoon, who's going to be the VP of pro personnel, which is uh, you know, which is a, 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 a intelligent hire, and everybody around the league seems to really like Johnny Rogers, who was with the Clippers and was director of pro personnel, and he's going to be a pro personnel scout and has lots of connections internationally. I have a whole piece on him up on The Athletic from Wednesday as well. You can go check that out if you're a subscriber. Uh, they're you know, going to hire more pro personnel people. They plan on hiring more uh, analytics people and analysts to bring in. I don't think they have a specific number in mind. I think they just like, if we find good people, we're going to hire them. I think that's their mentality, and, and they're looking for those people now, and they want to be able to bring those people in. They have changed their organizational philosophy. Now we will see if they execute on that change well. But I, I think the intentions for change right now, right now are, are very much there, and it's very much worth noting uh, because when an organization changes the way it thinks, uh, that's a really big deal. I mean, that's, that's the first step to changing with the way it's producing, right? I think so. But, and, and the 
changing your the the kind of the goal of how you think that's that's the kind of the first step and that's almost the easy part i mean you're talking about bringing a bunch of new people in and adding you know in in pro personnel and sports science and in in analytics and figuring out how all of these people work together how the information funnels from these people how the first of all the the, the goals and the questions and the priorities and, and what we're concerned about like funnels down from from the top and then goes and then the information is communicated back up because obviously like Tommy Shepard does not have time to, to look at like raw spreadsheet reports of you know of, of player you know the athletic load stats like he that, that has to be distilled in some way into a into a more bite-sized nugget for him to use to to use in his decision making process so but how that process goes about uh, that's that that that's uh, there's a lot of trial and error in figuring out how to do that correctly, and this is something that that teams across sports have, and this is you know things that businesses across industries struggle with is figuring out how to manage this process so that you know yes you're you're empowering and people and collaborating with people, but also things are getting done in a timely fashion and in a consistent fashion. And, and, you know, the, the, it's not just a simple snap our fingers. We've hired five people go how those people work together, what responsibilities are, what we care about and why, and how we talk about it. If we decide maybe we're looking at the wrong things and change course. And when you have conversations, those are all like very difficult things. And that's not like, I would be, um, I, I would be surprised if that all even got ironed out just over the course of this season. I mean, I think that's a that's a multi year project, and you know, for for better or for worse, the Wizards are probably in a situation where they kind of have time, um, as long as they can avoid big mistakes um, to 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 reach sort of an optimal mix of that. But I just again point out that this is the, this is the, the the first step of a of, you know of a of a of a months years long uh, overhaul of of how the organization does business yeah it is and um look they're not going to be good this year they're not going to win a lot of games this is a feel it out year for everybody and everything to feel out certain players, for the players to feel out what's going on there, for the new front office to see what's going on with Scott Brooks, who's got a couple years left on his deal, including this one, to Ted Leonsis feeling out the new front office, to the front office members feeling out each other. I mean, it's just like this is very, very much they're all dipping their toe into the water at the same time and seeing how this works and how they go about executing this strategy they want to execute. Following it is going to be really interesting because it's 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 not just learning a lot of new people. It's learning a lot of new thought processes. And it's – yeah, there are maybe aren't going to be a ton of – like as a journalist, maybe there aren't going to be a ton of stories on the court because how many stories could there possibly be when, you know, they're – if they quickly fall to 10 games under 500 and then 15 and then 20 and so on. Uh, but – I think there will be a lot of basketball stories off the court. Like when I say stories off the court, I don't mean like human interest stories. I mean real true basketball stories about how they're doing things because even if what they're doing isn't revolutionary and it's it's not necessary, it's not revolutionary, but it is a revolutionary for the Washington Wizards, you know. Yeah, I I think that 
there, there are so, there's certainly some interesting stories uh, on the court. I mean, obviously you got, you know, even as, as something like, you know, Isaiah Thomas, like that's a, like whether or not that becomes a, 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 a story or the, 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 the final beat and sort of a cautionary tale, that's, that, that's something to look out for at least. Um, but, but again, to, to sort of reiterate my, my previous point, like I think that, that, you know, as someone, you as someone who's going to be observing this team very closely, you're going to be trying to read a lot of tea leaves in terms of, of how this, this process is going. And, you know, it, you're, you're trying to parse like any decision that gets made. Um, the, like those will be indicators, but they're going to be pretty unreliable indicators of, of how that, that, that process is progressing. So and I know that's that, that that's going to be frustrating for you, and even more frustrating for the fans who are like, okay, so what's really going on there? But it's it's you know you won't really know how well this has worked until a couple couple three years from now. I, I, I even want to say, um, just because the you know the decisions that they're making now, um, well, I, I'll say that that given where we both think this team is going to be, you, you might have some indications it's not working if all of a sudden the team starts making a bunch of win now moves to. To you know, to 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 mortgage things for you know the eighth seed or something like that. But beyond that, like you, you know, you, you're you, if you're taking flyers on young guys, you don't you don't know if those were good risks or not until you've done done it ten times and seen how many of them turned out. Um, you, you know, you don't know if you if your new injury uh, maintenance programs are are really bearing fruit until you've gone through a couple seasons and and let some of the kind of the random luck even out of you know ankle sprains or concussions or stuff or or things that just kind of happen in in games. So it's uh, it, it, the the patience to kind of stick with it while monitoring to make sure that the process you're 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 looking for is is uh, being met is probably going to be one of uh, Leonsis's biggest challenges. Any other thoughts on this? No, I think it's uh, this. I, I talked to a, a lot of folks kind of around the league uh, last night as after it happened, and, and it was, uh, I think, um, uh, some surprise and, and, and kind of an encouragement uh, amongst sort of the uh, the analytics community. I mean, Dean is obviously well thought of, and 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 just it's one of those things that this being this this as an avenue that's being opened up um, is 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 uh, only a, a positive opportunity for. Um, increasing the the uh, adoption and influence of kind of uh, statistically based reasoning in in uh, you know in in NBA basketball, kind of not just the front office but on the coaching side as well. What do you uh, what do you think of what they did this offseason? Before you go, I want to get your thoughts on just the general front office structuring and uh, and even some of the moves they made. Because um, now, now, Seth, that you are not on the team, we just use you as smart basketball person, and whatever <laughs> you say is what we have to do. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I think the 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 most interesting thing is is the uh, to me is is bringing on 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 Sachi Brown. Uh, that's the this sort of been a simmering kind of debate. It's something that like. Uh, uh, it comes up anytime like Billy Bean is on a panel at Sloan or something like that is like how long would it take you to be would you be able to be a, a, a good executive in another sport and how long would it take um, there's reasons to think it can work and reasons to think it can't there's also uh, your reporting has sort of said he's not going to be directly involved in basketball um, 
what directly involved in basketball means is, uh, is, is a, is, is, can be sort of fungible also. So just kind of how that, that, that works. And, you know, there are kind of thought processes that, 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 um, you know, there's some people, uh, uh, uh for example, the Houston Astros don't call it analytics; they call it decision sciences. And that's um, there's some there's some aspects of of that kind of mindset that are that are applicable cross platform, uh, assuming that you have like the requisite subject matter knowledge, you know, the sport well enough to be able to apply the lessons correctly. So there's some reason to think that that can work, but there's also like you, you know there's there's ways you can be led astray because you know basketball is not football and it's not baseball and there are peculiarities that that if you're not paying attention you can get tripped up on so to me that's the that's the most interesting thing um kind of the on the court stuff is kind of of is a little bit whatever um just because we i think we kind of knew that it that that certainly with the with the combination of injury and contract with john wall like the franchise is in a certain spot and there wasn't a ton they were going to do this off season to get out of that spot. Did I lose you? Oh, I thought I lost you. I guess yeah. you just stopped talking at a point that I just, sounded like you got cut off. <laughs> no, I just, I just, so I, no, I just, I ended abruptly and on a, on an elevated and, and on a scoop note. So maybe I thought, <laughs> you know what? Maybe, I think you, I'm you, just going to leave this in because I really, yeah. Yeah, we well, you know, it's. it's I enjoy been a while. people dealing with the perils of Skype, and uh, and you know what? I'm too lazy to edit it out, so I think I'm just gonna leave it in and just have people see what podcasting Are, over Skype is really like. As you so stand you just, by a window and I hide out in my bedroom. <laughs> so were you just not actually listening to what I was saying, and you just kind of heard me end on a strange intonation and thought I got cut off, or no, or, I was just or, I or thought, was the content that I just I, I ended in the middle of a thought. I I don't think your your chops as a writer are all the way back yet. I don't think you've you've fully strung together the narrative, and, and and you ended pretty abruptly. And I was like, it was more your tone. You 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 said you mentioned John Wall, and then you just kind of cut it and I just kind of thought you were done I was ready for you to be done if I'm being honest uh, that's what I'm getting at thank you Fred for for you know this is the feedback that I that I really need um this, this is this is constructive and this is you know what I've known and loved about you for you will know, love never but known about you for <laughs> for years and years known known and um what, what would we say we wouldn't say love I guess we would just say like dealt with <laughs> Coexisted. Yeah, there we go. Um, why don't you, uh, before we go, I, I want you to tell my listeners because I'm sure I've I've never done a study on it, but I feel pretty confident that a good portion of my listeners are athletic subscribers, and I'm sure they wouldn't want to read your stuff. Um, so, so why don't you just tell my listeners a little bit of what you're going to be uh, doing for us now that you're you're full time with us and and no longer on uh, the evil side with the team. The, the evil side, you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're one um, of the good guys now. You're one of the truth tellers. I, I, you know, truth and, and fidelity to purity of ideas has always been my calling card, friend. Uh, <laughs> um, I think it's a lot of what I'm going to be doing is, first of all, helping to support uh, sort of the the 
the the local writers like yourself when kind of a, a, a statistically based question or an analytics space question comes up. Um, this was sort of fortuitous that during my first week, this was the big news since, you know, we've probably known each other the longest of anyone at the company or I've known you longer than I've known anyone else at the company. And you know what's funny? But, like we had this podcast organized as soon as you became official. I was like, great, you're coming on the podcast Friday. Yeah. And you were like, fine. Yeah. And then this happened yesterday. And we were like, yeah. well, this timing could not be more perfect. Perfect. Yeah, we didn't we didn't actually talk about any of the stuff we talked about talking about beforehand because yeah. this happened. Um, but then the, the 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 bulk of my work is just going to be sort of a, an exploration of of basketball concepts from a from a primarily statistical standpoint. Um, and when I say primarily statistical standpoint, it doesn't mean I'm I look I'm staring at spreadsheets. Uh, my sort of process of investigations I is a lot of times I, I as with most people who you know you watch a lot of basketball you certain things are especially NBA basketball because uh, there are certain ways that things are are done correctly and not and you get used to certain rhythms and actions and stuff like that and every now and then you see something that like pops in your mind that was unusual uh, and then sort of uh, investigate that. Am, am I seeing something real or is it just something, a weird thing that happened once? Because over, you know, 1,230 games over the course of the season, random stuff is going to happen from time to time. And it's not always a thing. But uh, but really dive in and see if there's something new that's going on. And also um, start to break down uh, for readers, um, you know, the... the, the uh, why teams are are winning and losing and having success in various areas and and when to believe a player has improved or is falling off and or how they're fitting in with their their new teams and how you can tell uh that these things are happening so those are in in general terms those are kind of the uh the aspects that that I'm that I'm hoping to dig into um over over this uh, over this coming season great i could tell you that you finished naturally that time it was like a good concluding sentence. I, I'm I'm glad that you're 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 policing the timber of my voice because that's that's really what the most important thing. Uh, uh, anything to well, people can follow you on Twitter <laughs> at Seth Part Now. You're tweeting now. You finally got a job in media, and within two seconds of getting a job in media, you didn't ask me anything and completely filled up my timeline for like seven hours straight. So Seth is once again active on Twitter. You can follow him there. He's a great follow. You should follow him. Uh, you can uh, subscribe to The Athletic. You can subscribe to Wizards After Dark. Give us five stars on iTunes. Leave a nice review. As I always say, the reviews help a lot more than one would imagine. They're good for the iTunes ratings, which quite honestly I don't understand how they work. But apparently – the reviews are good. So if you want to leave a nice review, that's always appreciated. Programming oh. note. Yes, what what are you going to say? It's only a nice review. So you're 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 biasing your your listenership already. Yeah, um, I don't care if I if I rig the reviews. I should go on there okay. myself, create crazy usernames and just burn our account that 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 baby just go nuts. Fred is the best. Go crazy <laughs> on it. <laughs> uh you got you to believable. Come on. <laughs> Fred is, I, have you, Fred have is you, above average, and his podcast is better than some. Yeah. Speaking of above average, have you told the listeners on this on this podcast your, your Paul Harris story? I, have, I don't think I've told the Paul Harris story on the podcast. Okay. I, I just, I'll, I'll, I'll I leave would. that. I've, 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 I, I wrote it. 
so I have no problem with it being public. I wrote it a year ago when I, it was my intro story at Mass Live. That's right. I remember that. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So I, I just, did. I did write it. Uh, you know what? I'm just gonna tease it. Although, yeah. I, although, although you love that story. I do. I, I love that story. But uh, I would. I would encourage people to, if they can find that, uh, read that story. It's a. It's a good story of of. Uh, uh, as as we like to say, uh, you know, in, in in social media, when you make a mistake, everyone comes and dunks on you. And so it's a great story of of, of people just dunking on Fred. <laughs> and if you don't remember Paul Harris, Paul Harris was the small forward at Syracuse when I was a basketball manager there. He was on the he was the starting small forward, Johnny Flynn's sophomore year, which was his last year before he entered the draft. He had that great season. It was Johnny Flynn, Eric Devendorf, Paul Harris. <laughs> Rick Jackson and Arinzi Onowaku with uh, Scoop Jardine redshirted that year. Wes Johnson redshirted that year. I still think I might be the only Andy Routens came off the bench. I, I think I still might be. It's possible that I am the only person who was a manager in college with a player on the team who then I covered as a beat writer when he played for the team that I covered. Because West was on the team when I was a manager at Syracuse and then played for the Wizards last year when I covered them. And I've known West since I was 19 years old. Did he remember you? Of course. I, like, know him very well. <laughs> we were, like, legit college I'm, friends. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Harris I'm, would not. Paul Harris <laughs> was not, although I have so many. What's funny is you say, do you remember the Paul Harris story? It's like I have about 900 Paul Harris stories. There are just You can't go to Syracuse and be a basketball manager and not have 500 Paul Harris stories, but one of my favorites I wrote. I wrote it for Mass Live. You can you can Google it and read it. Maybe I'll tell on the podcast sometime. But uh, also programming note, which I was gonna say, uh, probably no Wizards After Dark next week. I am going to be on vacation starting literally whenever I finish editing this podcast. I will be on vacation, and I'm leaving to go on uh, go away tonight for a little bit, and I'm going to be gone for a week. Uh, if anything happens with the Wizards, chances are I'm not going to be writing about it unless it's just ginormous news, and I don't think that'll be the case. So I'm just going to be away not thinking about basketball and not thinking about the Wizards and not thinking about GM searches or analytics or anything else. So in all likelihood, no podcast next week. I'll be back in a couple of weeks, though, podcasting again. Seth, this was a pleasure. This was fun. Oh, it's uh, it's good to talk to you again. Um, we do need to. Uh, we do need to. Um, I'm going to start the groundswell for it for the uh, Clipper Blog uh, reunion show. That needs to happen at some point. Yes, we'll get Siren on there. We got to get Charlie Widows on there. We got to get Yovan on there. Um, we'll get Law and Patrick James and Arnovitz, and we can go. We can do that. That'll be fun. We have a killer crew. Just killer Clipper Blog alums all over the industry. Andrew Hahn. DJ Foster, so good. Uh, I will be back in a couple weeks. Like I said, I'll talk to you guys then.